it's time for Overlook Stocks. George Tillis with the movers that you missed in today's session. George, let's start with Planet Labs. More space-connected tech. Uh, what's this one do? Well, it's, it's still in that same space-connected technology uh, trend that we're seeing, OJ. This was uh, Planet Labs as a, as a reverse merger via SPAC. This is an early-stage company. When it comes down to being publicly traded, it was back in December. Trade around 12 bucks and actually fell with the rest of the market in December and of course uh, so far this year to close to $5 and is bouncing off those areas. Now the stock was up uh, about 12 to 13% at one point in time today. That's based upon the uh, the CEO re, uh, restating a relationship that the company has to launch satellites with SpaceX. They actually have launched 127 satellites with them uh, over uh, eight different uh, launches and in fact uh, it's an interesting company in the in the sense that we are seeing a lot of demand uh, essentially going forward now these are secular technologies for uh, low orbit satellites it's not only about data and imaging and of course uh, the aspects of, uh, of technologies associated with that I think it comes down to when it when it comes down to 5g we've talked about low orbit satellite huh. communication uh, eventually, it'll probably replace 5G, and that'll give everyone universal coverage. The other thing I think is, when you think about uh, satellite imaging, data collection, uh, there is also a lot of demand for them in aerospace, defense, agriculture, forestry, as well as a multitude of other industry groups. Uh, so they sell uh, imagery, like uh, super high quality Google Maps type stuff, Google Earth rather type stuff, uh, but they're also gonna be connecting with 5G. I mean, am I crazy? We literally just talk about this company or one that exactly like it. Uh, we didn't talk about this company. We've talked about at least a, a couple Tom of might have had an option. Same space. Yeah, uh, one of the things about this uh, this company we haven't talked about it because it is a reverse merger via SPAC, so it is relatively new. OJ, I didn't get uh, to find some information from a financial standpoint. What I did find, and you brought up Google, I think it's important because Google is actually one of the uh, the uh, uh, backed companies. That, are, that is backing Planet Labs. The other thing is it was founded about 10 years ago, and it has about 15 times the installed satellite base relative to its nearest competitor. So overall, it's not necessarily a new company. It's been around since 2010, uh, but they do process about 3 million images per day, and they actually sell to 700, di 700 different uh, private customers uh, and, uh, that are in the enterprise or private sector, but also in the public sector as well. And again, it's really about selling the images from a commercial standpoint, but at the same time, you also have to think about some of the secular trends that are happening, not just in satellite communications, but autonomous vehicle uh, driving. I think this is another area of interest that is gonna utilize uh, images, uh, to say the least, on a real-time basis. And, and this technology is evolving, cool. but we have to keep in mind that uh, these, are, these are, again, companies that are pre- essential revenue stage or pre-earning stage and in this yeah. market environment pre-earnings or pre-revenue pre-earnings pre-earnings because there are some companies out there that are pre-revenue now george well i guess yeah, yeah. You know, virgin galactic does have some revenue but not much yeah so that's that's i'm going to clarify pre-earnings it's not profitable so we have to keep that in mind Got it. it does okay. have like i said uh, about 700 customers already that are utilizing the data and images that uh, that Planet Labs provides. All right, uh, George, let's talk Oventive next. OVV, quite a chart on this thing. Big breakout today, 7%. Some analysts like it. It's an upgrade from Scotiabank. Uh, what a move. 
uh, and a continuation of a long-term trend for uh, oil and energy-related businesses. I mean, is that kind of uh, connected to this? It is. I mean, initially, I thought this was either a biotech company or yeah. a kind of technology. Why a name for an ENP? Uh, yeah, exactly. And I think overall, uh, the trend is to the upside because we're seeing, again, energy prices move to the upside. These, these have been cyclical value and recovery plays. Uh, but it is an EMP uh, oil and gas exploration company that's focused primarily in the United States and the Eagle Ford and Permian Basin uh, areas for natural gas and, of course, uh, natural gas liquids and, and oil. It's got about a 50-50 mix uh, of those two primary commodities. But uh, I think overall, uh, this is really an overlooked company, not only from the standpoint of price action, the price is up you know, over 85% uh, over the last year or so, but this is a company that's actually improving its financial footing from the standpoint of debt reduction. The other thing is, is uh, we know that current oil and gas prices are probably gonna remain relatively high. I don't necessarily see the rate of appreciation this year relative to last year, I could be wrong. But, but overall, we're starting to see uh, the debt uh, payoff that this company is actually taking on, which is actually a good thing from the standpoint of these EMP-based companies. Now, there are a lot of analysts that cover the name. There are 27 analysts with a consensus of $50 in terms of the price target. True Securities did up their target to 53 from 50 today, uh, and they do see some improving uh, financial conditions, especially paying down or the ability to pay down debt. Now, I do look at the financials for this company, which uh, competes with companies like Devon Energy and Diamondback. Mm -hmm. uh, energy group as well as continental resources what i ended up noting is is that the cash from operations on revenue uh, of about seven billion dollars about three and a, uh three billion dollars and about uh, 1.4 billion of that is free cash flow so that wow. tells me that the rest of that or most of that is about 1.6 billion dollars in capex so situation where we see the price action move to the upside pretty nice distribution of funds this, right they got cash they're doing yeah, capex Exactly. You're spot on, OJ. This is important because it's not just about free cash flow, do things like pay dividends or share buybacks. This is a company that's utilizing a lot of uh, operating cash to spend on expanding its business. And that's a, that's that actually shows confidence uh, in the company's capabilities going forward, the capex that they're making, uh, as well as, again, uh, the earnings uh, estimates, which are expected to be in Q4. Uh, as they're going to be reporting about a dollar eighty per share, whereas last year for the same quarter they reported about fifty-seven cents. All right, nice uh, deep dive there into the finances, George, uh, to see how these companies differ. I mean, the stock performance does differ a little bit from uh, name to name and energy, but generally, uh, exploration productions a good trade right now. Last one you got, George. Uh, you'd think shipping and trading would be a good trade, but actually, Genco's been off its highs for about half a year now, but a good rally today. Give us the quick one on this, George. You only got about fifty seconds. Go, sir. Yeah, I think if you look at it, it's still up, up, up over 100% on a, on a one-year basis. But you're right. I, I think overall there's been some uh, some you know suggestive challenges when it comes down to COVID pandemic and perhaps some of the, the, the dry bulk shipping rates based upon contraction and demand. But this is an international dry bulk uh, shipping company, but primarily about 50% of its business is iron ore. The rest is coal, grain, and uh, core commodities. And this has really been a play on you know the global economic recovery, uh, high commodity demand as well as high, high uh, dry bulk shipping rates. Now the consensus price target on the stock is about $26. Uh, and this is actually a company that last quarter delivered the best earnings per share it has since 2010, about $1.34. And going yeah, forward, 
from an earnings standpoint in, in Q421, which they're going to be reporting next, is $1.96. So you compare that to $0.22 cents for the same quarter last year, again, ex, you know, assuming they hit that $1.96, it's trading at a relatively low forward multiple considering those, uh, those EPS numbers. Company has relatively low levels of debt. Revenue is up 77% last quarter, uh, and it pays a dividend of about 15 cents per quarter. So I annualize about 60 cents. So you know, overall, I think uh, dry bulk shipping rates are probably going to remain relatively high, considering that the total dry bulk fleet is is down between 10 and 15% since uh, pre-pandemic. And you would think it would be more because of high freight rates and high demands for international goods. But in fact, dry bulk uh, shipping uh, volume uh, capabilities is actually down, and that has to do with uh, a, a lot of underinvestment in the in the space. Mm. But again, demand is higher, and pricing is still suggestively higher because uh, you know, if you compare b- dry bulk shipping rates relative to pre-pandemic levels, it's up over fifty percent from the yeah, pre-pandemic ton. levels. So it gives you an idea that pricing power is intact for these companies. All right, so uh, maybe just uh, some brief pause in the trend. Trend sounds like it's still very much. Right. Uh, on for the uh, companies involved in trying to uh, get the supply chain back into an efficient and smooth functioning state. George, thank you for the overlooked stocks. Nice finds hey, today. Have a good weekend, thanks. You got it, sir.